This is 96.5's Family Worship. Heard Sunday mornings from 9 on Brisbane's 96.5. Hello everyone. My name is Mike and I'm from Inogra Baptist Church. And today I want to share with you about one of the most famous verses in the Bible. I think if you could somehow do a survey of all the Bible verses that have been made into coffee mugs and into wall art and into Instagram stories, I reckon this verse would be head and shoulders above the rest. It is, of course, Romans 8, 28. And this is what it has to say. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, when I was 16, I spent a year living in Christchurch, New Zealand. It was a great adventure. There were hobbits everywhere. It was a beautiful place. But easily the highlight of living over there was that we were living on the hills overlooking the Canterbury Plains across to the mountains. And while I was living there, I got really into running. Just outside my front door was a famous running track on the hills. It was beautiful. Incidentally, by the way, running has forever been ruined for me now because as nice as the Warner Lakes are, it's not Middle Earth, right? So it doesn't hold the same kind of wonder but I loved running over in Middle Earth over there. As I ran, this famous track outside my front door began to notice something. Began to notice that the first four kilometers was a lot harder than the return four kilometers. And I couldn't really notice it, but there was an elevation difference between the start and the finish point of my run. And over the four kilometers, you didn't really notice it. And yet the difference it made to my running was immense. By the end of my kind of like my peak fitness, I could run home so fast at a near sprint for four kilometers. It was unreal. I felt like I was flying and I've never experienced anything like that since because I've never been as fit as I was at that moment in time. Romans 8.28 tells us that just like my four kilometer run home in New Zealand Christchurch, our entire world has a downward tilt built into it. And it is tilted in your favor. And we know, says Romans 8, 28, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So the universe doesn't run on blind chance, says this verse. It runs by the will of the creator who sovereignly orchestrates all things. And so this morning, uh, you and I both woke up into a universe where all of reality is rigged in your favor. And God made it that way. So Romans 8.28 for us is a doorway for us to walk into, into a new kind of settledness, a kind of calm that knows that no matter what happens, he is going to work all things together for your good. And you know what? Today, God really wants you to believe that. He wants you to know that. That's why it's in his word. This is a promise for us to grab hold of and seek hope out of. Now, the question we all have, right? We have all kinds of questions about how this can possibly be true. How can this be true? And to be honest, guys, the how question is way above my pay grade. It's way above your pay grade. God himself knows how he can bring all things together for good. And yet, as we think about this verse, we can still say a few things. For example, the verse is not saying all things are good. No, evil is still truly and fully 
evil, but God commands these things even against their will for his purposes. Here's a silly picture I have in my mind, and just go with this. This is my imagination, so just just embrace this for me. Um, imagine this, okay? You're walking down the street, you're walking your dog, and you bump into Jesus, and he's walking his dog, right? He, and he invites you around for a cup of tea at his house. And so you go, well, I'm not going to say no to a cup of tea with Jesus, right? So let's do this. And so you walk in the front door with Jesus and he he walks across to a table and sits down and there's three bells sitting on the table. And he tells you to to come over and, um, and just before you reach the chair to pull it out, he actually holds up his hand and says, wait a second. And he gives you a little wink and says, watch this. And he rings the first bell in front of him. And out of this room on your right walks evil incarnate. He doesn't have to introduce himself. You just know that this is who this is. This is evil incarnate. And Jesus says to evil, can you please get the chair for my friend? And evil bows low and does exactly what he's told. And you sit down in the chair. Jesus then rings the second bell and out of the door comes suffering incarnate. And suffering incarnate, he's wearing a t-shirt with Romans 8.28 written on it. And he bows low to Jesus and he pours you some tea. Jesus rings the third and final bell and in walks death incarnate. And death incarnate, he's wearing a pink apron and he's holding a plate of cookies. And they're for you. And Jesus looks at you in the eyes and he senses your confusion, obviously. And so he looks at you and says, listen, it was not enough for me to simply destroy these three. Although the day is coming when I will. But before that day, they must serve me by serving my children. Now that scene at Jesus' house with the three bells is not in the Bible. I made that up. So don't drill too deep on that picture. But in a way, friends, isn't this exactly what Romans 8.28 is teaching us? God is not the author of evil but he is in full control over it. In fact, it serves him against its will. It doesn't want to bring you cookies and tea, but it can't not because God commands it against its will. God works all things for good for those who love him, even evil, even suffering, and even death, even those great enemies that he'll destroy at the end of time. But there is one more question here we need to ask, and it's an important question. Here's the question. What is the good that God is working all things for? Because the word good, it's a pretty vague word, isn't it? Like, it could mean anything. And what we're going to see in the very next verse in Romans 8.29 is that what God says is a total win for my life is actually probably different than what I would say is a total win for my life. The things that come into my mind, I'm sure things that come to your mind when I think about the good that God wants to do in my life, they're probably, if we're honest... Very worldly things. Things like our comfort, that God would make us comfortable, that God would make us successful, that would would be maybe rich or popular. Our minds go to these kind of very worldly things. And yet, the more we think about those things, that God would work all things for my comfort, aren't those things such small things in the grand scheme of eternity? And what we see in the very next verse is his true purpose. Here it is that you would be conformed to the image of his son, that you'd be molded, you'd be shaped into the image of Jesus himself, the son of God, in order that he might be the firstborn among many 
brothers. So what God says is a total win for your life and my life is that we would come to look more and more and more like our big brother Jesus. That Jesus would be the first in a giant family of brothers and sisters just like him. That's God's big purpose for your life. In the words of Tim Keller, he says that God is pouring us into the mold of Christ's perfect greatness. God's plan for you today is not to make you slightly more comfortable until you die. His plan for you is not to make you slightly nicer. His plan for you is everlasting glory, that you would shine with his glory and reflect it to the world. So things don't work out for good in some kind of general, abstract, positive vibes kind of sense. No, he's transforming you to be just as noble, just as loving, just as true, just as wise and strong, just as good and courageous and kind and fierce and gentle and joyful as the man Jesus himself. In fact, we read that he is so committed to this plan that he is coordinating the entire universe to that end. The whole universe has a downward tilt built into its very fabric, and it is towards your growing to be more like the Son of God, Jesus Christ. There's one last thing I need to say about this verse, and that is that this promise we have in these verses is not universal. Romans 8.28 doesn't read, God is working all things for good, period. But it reads, for those who love God, all things are working together for good. So this is a promise for those who have received his hand of friendship in the gospel, the gospel of undeserved grace for real sinners, those who have received Jesus as their savior, those who have believed upon the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sin. But this is the great news. There is no one listening today to my voice right now that need be excluded from this amazing promise. This promise might not describe your yesterday, it might not describe your today, but it might just describe your tomorrow if you receive the gospel with faith and repentance. So you might be listening along today and you know, you know that you need to take that next step in your relationship with God. Maybe that's why you're listening today. And if that's you, you know it's time to come down off that fence and land in a decision for Jesus today. So can I encourage you, if that's you, please find a local church to connect with. Or maybe you want to open up the Bible for the first time yourself and and spend some time reading about the life of Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. So I encourage you to take that step. Others of you listening today, those of you that love God, let this promise go deep. Let this promise from your risen Savior put steel in your spine and a spring in your step. Friends, the darkness around you will not get the last laugh in your life. Its days are numbered, and it's numbered by the one who holds the universe in his hand. And so today, receive from Jesus himself fresh courage for the days ahead. If you'd like to visit a local church, you'd be so welcome to come and visit us at Inogra Baptist Church. We have two services every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and at 4.30 p.m. We'd love to have you along for a visit. Please come and say hi. My name's Mike. I'd love to um, say hello to you. Come and visit and say hello. We're actually celebrating this year our 150th anniversary, which is very special for us. Our church was uh, planted way back in 1872, a long time ago in the history of our city. So we've been here for a long time. So it's a special year for us. And so you can find more details about us on our website, nograbaptist.org. 
or on our social media channels. 96.5's Family Worship broadcasts Sunday morning at 9 on the radio at 96.5 FM and online at 96five.com. This has been a 96.5 podcast production.